Oh, that's just the sound of my dog <laughs> lying down. Okay, I think I think she's done it. Hello. Welcome to What's This Place, the podcast that goes behind the bricks and mortar of sustainability and what that even means. My name is Miranda Black, the degrowth diva, and I want to do a little New Year's check-in because I've been talking more and more about degrowth, and I'm seeing more and more articles and media out there talking about degrowth. So I want to make sure we're all on the same page about what exactly degrowth is. Now, to do that, I used that new chat bot, the one that can create the written word from artificial intelligence and has all creators and writers wondering if their jobs are about to be taken over by AI. Because this bot, chat GPT, it can write copy for newspapers, editorials for magazines. Heck, it could write the script for this podcast. Maybe it did. It didn't. But what I did do is ask some questions about what exactly degrowth is. And I got some pretty interesting. Answers. First of all, I asked it, explain degrowth to me as if I'm in kindergarten. And this is what chat GPT came up with. Degrowth is a way of living where you try and use less things and not waste as much. Like when you have a toy that you don't need anymore and you give it to someone else to play with. That way we reuse our resources and take care of the earth and make sure it stays healthy for us to live in. That's the chat GPT basic explanation as if you're a toddler. And then I typed in, explain degrowth to me like I'm in fourth grade. And this is what they wrote. Degrowth is a way of thinking about how we use resources and live our lives. It's about using less stuff, specifically plastic and energy, so that the earth can have a break and we can have a better life. It's like when you're playing a game and you have a limited number of pieces. You have to be careful not to use them all too quickly so you can keep playing. That's what degrowth is like for the earth and our resources. That's pretty good, right? This thing's going to put a lot of people out of a job. <laughs> then I asked Dick to explain degrowth to a teenager. Dear teen, I am sorry the earth is so messed up, but please do not despair. There are solutions. One is degrowth, which is an economic and social theory that suggests reducing consumption will decrease the negative impacts of economic growth on the environment and society. Instead of continuously seeking to grow like some sort of mad scientist on a Frankenstein binge, we should aim for a more sustainable and equitable way of living, like shifting our focus to non-monetary forms of wealth, such as community, leisure, and well-being. It also means reevaluating the things we consider necessary. Okay. I actually collaborated with ChatGPT on that one because ChatGPT is a bit dry and doesn't have my sense of humor. So we edited that one together. But what I really liked was how the bot suggested shifting our focus to non-monetary forms of wealth because that's crazy. Wealth is monetary. It's really hard for me to separate the two. And I'm just not sure people are going to be motivated to think of community and leisure and well-being as a form of wealth. So I turned to the bot for advice. I said, ChatGPT, what's the best way to make degrowth more mainstream? Like, how do we convince people this is a valid way forward? 
And this is what ChatGPT says. The best way to mainstream degrowth would be to conduct research and gather data to support the claims made by the degrowth movement. Well, we should consider that done at this point. There's tons of data. Next, we use the research to create educational materials to raise awareness and educate the public about the benefits of degrowth. Well, that's what this podcast is, finding out how we do business with a degrowth mindset. Also, politicians could be educated about degrowth so they can take action and implement policies that support degrowth goals. Well, that's probably not going to happen. And if ChatGPT had a sense of humor, they would insert image of Caesar fiddling while Rome burns right here. But they don't. Instead, they say, finally, it's extremely important to communicate and engage with the public in ways that are accessible and understandable to help people realize that degrowth can improve their lives and communities. Wow, that actually makes me feel really hopeful because generally people, they're... There's this unhappy undercurrent right now. I don't know if you feel it or if you notice it with your friends and your colleagues, but maybe degrowth is a way forward or through that. Now, January and February, they're traditionally months where we're just naturally less happy, but we actually also don't feel like buying much in the winter months. Degrowth is naturally occurring. Humans don't hibernate in the true sense of the word, but for thousands of years, the winter was a major downtime. And I'm not talking vacation or spa days. Like 100 years ago, 1923, less than half of all American homes had electric power. No lights, no thermostats, no air fryers. Ugh. Without heat and light, we spent most of our day sleeping to keep warm and conserve energy and food. We were sleeping with our animals, not necessarily cute ones. If you feel extra tired these days, there's a good reason why. Most of your ancestors, unless you're royalty, they were sleeping the month away. Our clothing was damp, our bellies were hungry. So don't be hard on yourself if it's a drag to get yourself outdoors and you'd rather be eating chocolate. It's a natural impulse to stay warm and dry and pad the calories a bit. But now, when the sun goes down at 4.30, we have lights and heat and computers that think faster than our brains, and air fryers, thank God. So there's this illusion that it's still summer, but it's not, and our bodies are not completely tricked. So can we just pause for a moment to remember the miracle of how far we've come in such a short period of time, and also do a little midwinter reflecting on what's naturally happening in our deep brains. So collectively, we're a bit more introverted in the winter. It's harder to get inspired and stay inspired. We're less inclined to want new and more inclined to reflect on who we are, where we want to go, and what we really want to do. And all that introspection and primal fear of going outdoors for long, leisurely strolls, it is not good for the economy of stuff. That's why I I would hammer my clients with sales in January and February because if everything was full price, you'd all stay home, warm and cozy, thinking about your plans for the year, connecting with your inner self or your family. It was my job to distract you, to lure you in, to make the offer so attractive that you felt compelled to put your boots on, leave your nest, and venture out. And that's why you might notice a frantic uptick in the sales pitches in your inbox, on your socials. And I'd like to suggest a little resistance. I'm not saying don't buy anything, 
but can you degrow the number of items you buy only because they're on sale? Can you foster a more conscious way of buying? Because stay with me here. It's uncomfortable to go within sometimes, to accept where you are, physically, emotionally, socially. Maybe you don't feel satisfied with your wardrobe, your body, your connections with friends, or your job. So going within can feel a little bit like torture, and being lured by that 70% off what's it is the welcome distraction you need. What I'm suggesting is you lean into that inward energy. It's okay to feel fallow. Fallow is an agricultural term when you don't plant anything. You leave your fields unsown for a period in order to restore its fertility, its passion for growth. It's actually a necessary process in order to have growth. But our society is super scared of taking a break from growth, even though we'd probably be a lot more productive if we just powered down a bit more in the winter. Being fallow preps your inner self for what's to come in order to sow seeds that really matter to you. And if you don't do it, there's a bunch of corporations lining up to take your money in exchange for an illusion of satisfaction. So here are some tips to degrow just a bit in winter. If you want to be lured by sales, get lured by local. They have sales too. You know, the number one reason people tell me they don't buy local is that it's more expensive. Well, now's the time to just dip your toe in a bit. Local stores, they all have sale tabs. Find it on their website. And maybe instead of buying three crappy things from a mass producer, you buy one special thing made by or curated by someone who's making a go of it and maybe even lives in your neighborhood. Reward them with that sale. And second thing, take advantage of the energy of winter, the opportunity it gives you to reflect, read, take stock of what you own, accept where you are and what you have. It, it's just for now. It's not forever. Summer will come. You got a pen and paper? Do a little journaling. Got eggs, flour, and oil? Bake. You got some paint or paint alternatives? Do some art. Explore what's really important to you. This is also a perfect time to reflect on your career, what you do. I know that January and February have been times for me when I really tapped into what do I want to get out of my work this year? What do I want to improve on? What do I want to learn? For me, my burning question in 2023 is how do I make a solid business out of a degrowth mindset? How do I sell something when I'm telling people to mind what they buy? What does a career that aligns with my ethics look like? That's something chat GPT was not able to answer, unfortunately, but it's where I'm going with the podcast this season. I'm going to interview people who have started businesses that align with their ethics. Maybe they got out of retail or finally ditched that job that crushed their soul. We're going to find out how they did it because listening to inspiring stories is like mapping a path. Someone else did it. I can too. And mostly I'm going to be talking about retail and shopping and stuff because I love those things. But these questions, they apply to all vocations. There's not one employment sector that isn't undergoing a massive transformation right now from healthcare to manufacturing to chatbots taking over creative writing. It's a scary time, but it's also super exciting. Now, I have a poem on degrowth that the chatbot wrote. Yep. Chatbots write poetry. We live in crazy times. But before I share the chatbots poem, I want to share some really great news for this podcast. I sold my first advertising spot this season. 
Yeah, you're going to be listening to some paid advertisements, but I promise to make it super fun to listen to. My first contract, it's for a store I truly adore. And an owner I interviewed back in season one, Sarah Dougal. You should check out her episode. Her business story is so inspirational. I wrote the ad all by myself, no chatbots. And then I pitched the ad. And then I got to say, when I got the yes to that ad, making that sale, it was sweet, like making your first sale when you open a store. So here it is, my first paid advertisement. And then we're going to listen to a poem made by a chatbot. If you're a Jenny from the block or a Johnny from the block and you want a new rock, you should check out Made You Look Jewelry. It's one of those where have you been all my life stores. Now, if you're also a Jenny or Johnny from the block who likes your bling made fairly by willing participants, then Made You Look is for you. The artists, gemologists, alchemists. Okay, they're jewelers. They work right on site, giving you confidence that your precious was made by consenting adults. One of the things that I love on the Made You Look website is being able to ask real-time questions to actual staff working the floor of the website, just like you're walking into a real store. You can ask anything like, how heavy is that bracelet? Will that ring fit my fiance's finger? What gems go best with pink hair? Hint, hint. Made You Look Jewelry for all the Jennies and Johnnies from the block who love feeling good about their rocks. A little behind the scenes of my process... That ad was totally inspired by journaling and going within to ask myself what I want for my career this year. Okay, so here is the poem on degrowth written by my friend, ChatGPT. Growth is good, they say. It brings us wealth. But what of the earth? It's health. We take and take until it's bare. And then we wonder, what's up with the air? But what if we stopped this endless chase and looked at our lives with a new face? What if we value things not made of gold, like community, leisure, and stories told? Degrowth is a way to live anew, where we use less and waste less, too. It's about finding balance, not excess, and taking care of the earth, not just for us. So let's rethink our ways and our needs and strive for a future where everyone succeeds, where the earth is healthy, and so are we. That's the kind of growth we should all agree It's not about less, it's about more of what matters. Degrowth is a new chapter. A new chapter. (laughs) It kind of peters out at the end there, repeating new chapter twice. It's a bit lame. But how is an 11th grade teacher going to know that was written by a bot? In 0.1 seconds. If you want to go on a degrowth journey with me, make sure you're subscribed to What's This Place podcast because we're going to get real with some very interesting small businesses. It's 2023, y'all. What does degrowth look like for businesses and entrepreneurs? Let's go inside and find out. 